Hey, everybody. This is Laurie Handler, your host on Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. And I'm thrilled to be back with you. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Today's show is brought to you by Silk, S-Y-L-K, a personal lubricant made from kiwi vines that enhance your pH from the inside. Go to Butterfly Workshops forward slash Silk, S-Y-L-K, for more information. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, and I would love to have you there. I love hearing from my fans, as I hope that you love hearing from me. So just a reminder. Did you ever desire to run off to an island? Are you that romantic? You know, my current series and that's been going on now for a few weeks, I've been interviewing men and their ideas about romance. So I've had a few interviews before, and my guest today is so romantic that he moved to a little-known place. He, he moved to a paradise island called Roatan in Honduras. Now, Bruce Starr used to be the love coach. He was a radio personality in South Florida, and now he's the English-speaking voice in the Western Caribbean. He runs a network of radio and a network of television, and he's romantic enough to have actually picked up and moved to paradise. Bruce, it is great to have you on this show, and I want to know just how romantic you are. Well, Laurie, I I want to thank you for having me on your show. It's uh, truly an honor. And there's definitely a part of me that's uh, uh, romantic. Uh, Let me tell you the story how that all came about. I was living in Los Angeles with my lady, and she had the opportunity to go to a place called Roatan to uh, check out a dolphin project. And uh, if if it was going to work out, we'd be able to bring it back to Los Angeles and maybe make something of it. She was supposed to go down for a month, and she went down for two months instead. And when I started hearing back from her, she was saying, this place is as close to paradise as you can get, and I want to move here with or without you. So (laughs) 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 we're not really at the romantic place yet. (laughs) Get to, but in my mind, uh, I always wondered what it would be like to live on a tropical island. I, I always wondered that. I never thought I would do it. And when she came up with that idea, and also it didn't hurt to tell me that the island where she wanted to live didn't have English-speaking radio or English-speaking television, and that's what I was into. I thought, wow. This could be a place that I could find a, a way to do my work where it would really mean something. So with my romantic side, uh, right by my side, I decided <laughs> to give it a try and move to a sweeter, kinder place to live. And that's really where the romance comes in for me. Uh, living in Los Angeles, it's a tough environment. It's a hard environment. Yeah. And yeah. Un- unless you're you know, really successful at what you do, it's really hard. Well, I wasn't that successful person yet where I wanted to be. And I said to myself, I need to move to a sweeter, kinder place. And the island sounded great to me. Wait a second. We got to roll back here for a minute, though, because I, when I introduced you, I said that you had been the love coach in South Florida. And all of a sudden, we found you in your story in Los Angeles. So 
Can you bridge back for a minute? Were you in South Florida first and then L.A., or were you in L.A. first and yeah. South Florida? Oh, was South Florida not that kind either? Uh, South Florida was it, it was pretty kind, but it just wasn't – I couldn't find myself there. I couldn't find my career. I couldn't find what I wanted to do there. So uh, – but I, I definitely uh, – I started a show on WNN Radio back in the – in the middle 90s, uh, when WNN was one of the most respected stations on the on the air, because they would have little three or four or five minute uh, segments of some of the greatest speakers of our time and some of the great idea people of our time. And everybody used to be glued to this radio station, listening to these great speakers and their ideas about having a better life. And it was really an honor to get a show on the air. And I was on the air for a few years, and it was great to be able to uh, help people as the love coach with relationships. And how was I able to do that, Laurie? I would already been on a 25-year uh, search on several different philosophies on life to help me with my own romantic life. And after learning a lot, I decided to share some of the things that I was learning. So so I, I want to come back to that because I want to ask you some things because I know you have some definite ideas about men and romance and what's happened with them, et cetera. But I, I, I want to go back to, so romantically, well, your romance uh, object, your, the woman in your life gave you an ultimatum and you responded to it. But see, I say you had to be romantic in a certain way anyway because there had to be that notion. She, she wasn't just telling you she was moving to you know, another big city in the U.S. or her career was taking her somewhere else. She was telling you there was paradise and you responded to that. And I have to believe that that comes from something like romance. Absolutely. Absolutely. It it, it comes from love of life. And I believe that the love I have starts with uh, not a romantic love, not a, 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 a love or a passionate sexual love where you just have for one just only one person uh i've had a passion and 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 a love and a kindness for a lot of people and i wanted to be in an environment where i can uh feel more love and be able to put out more love and it was tough to do that in los angeles except for my my relationship and uh, the first the first bunch of years down in the island were really a lot of fun, a lot of uh, kindness, a lot of warm people coming from all over the world, uh, wanting more sweetness in their life. Now, are you? How long have you been there? Almost eight years. Well, that's a long time to live in paradise. It is. It really is. It's uh, and it's and it's changed. You know, it's changed with the world. The world has become a tougher place. The world has had more frustration with the economic turndown, and every believe it or not, everybody is feeling it. Uh, I remember when I first got down there. I remember Lauren, my wife, telling me, uh, my girlfriend at the time, and my wife now, she's telling me, you know, they don't even care where you're from or what side of the, if you have the right house or if you have the right car. Everybody just wants to get to know you because and and like you. Uh, and that's the way it was when we first got there six and seven and eight years ago. But things have changed a little bit as with the frustration of the world. But it's still, in my mind, a sweeter, kinder place than uh, certainly some cities in the United States. Yeah, I, I can. 
Well, I'm gonna, I was gonna say I can imagine, but I've actually been to Roatan, Honduras. I was one of those people. I think it was 19, 1996 going into 1997. It was like right around New Year's. I was on a, I was on a cruise ship and my cruise ship stopped in Roatan, Honduras. So I, I've been to your island and now that I know you, I want to come back again. <laughs> well, you certainly have an open invitation and you know, we, we got together in uh, South Florida a few weeks ago and came up with some interesting ideas that we're going to definitely explore. Yeah, I think we should run some Tantra workshops, some couples uh, growth-oriented workshops in Roatan. I think it – look, if you were crazy enough and romantic enough to go with Lauren on this adventure and stay and hang out and develop a business there, we, I might as well see what else we can create because, you know, you're one powerful guy. Thank you. You know, and I, I, I respect the pioneer inside of me and uh, definitely took a pioneer spirit to uh, break all the, uh, the, the glass uh, structures that were around to go to a place like a tropical island and, and, and break away from uh, the structures of a city or a place like Los Angeles or New York or South Florida. And it took a lot. And believe me, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to do. And that's why I wrote a book. I know we've talked about this book just a little bit yeah. called uh, It's All About Starting Over in Paradise. And that's what it's called, Starting Over in Paradise, an insider's guide. And I wish I had a book like this when I was moving down because, believe me, it wasn't all uh, uh, rum and cokes and sunsets, although it was for a lot of nights. There were some tough, tough times that I, w I really wasn't prepared for just because things were so different. And that's why I wrote this book. And, uh, you know, it, it, maybe in a little bit we could tell people that go to the website where they can investigate yeah. more about it and see if, see if uh, moving to a tropical island, moving away, getting away from it all, getting away from the traffic, getting away from the dirty air, getting away from the bad jobs and crime. You know, there, there is a possibility for a sweeter, more romantic life out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, I mean, obviously, you, the last time we talked, you talked about swimming in the clear, clear oh. waters and, and fruits and vegetables and those kinds of things must be plentiful on this island since it is in the Caribbean. I mean, those are the kinds of things you did trade off for some lovely and amazing, you know, and rum and cokes and sunsets. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me tell you, we so look forward to our Sundays. We don't go to the beach every day. I mean, we work. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in radio for seven years. I'm going to be starting television as soon as I get back. I'm actually in South Florida still. And I'm leaving back for Roatan on Friday. Uh, uh, I'll be, you know, by the time the people hear this, uh, I'll yeah. be uh, back in, in Roatan. But I, uh, it's not all about uh, going to the beach, but when we do go to the beach and we get that one day a week where we go to that beautiful crystal clear waters that are warm 12 months out of the year, usually when we go in there, if we don't come out for two or three hours and just stand around and talk and have some fun, some people bring in some beers, we have usually 10 or 12 people around and we just talk and have fun. Uh, it's really, it can, that part is really a great life. That's amazing. And then, you know, the challenges that you talk about, I imagine there are challenges. I mean, the ones I've known of, of people who lived on islands were things like the political infrastructure and different things that you probably weren't, 
I mean, people bitch about the politics in the United States, and I imagine, you know, all the British I know bitch about their politics, etc. But um, perhaps you had to deal with things that you weren't quite prepared to deal with. And that's, no, that's what I'm hoping the book is about. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I didn't talk about politics in the book. Uh, but, you know, when the world goes through a, 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 a downturn uh, economically like we did for the last two or three years, and on top of that, the, uh, the man who was elected president of Honduras decides that he wants to uh, change things to a more socialist society, which would have changed everything here. Uh, luckily, he was uh, removed from office just in time, and uh, the country has been able to normalize again. Those kinds of things you can never anticipate happening, but they do happen in a third world country. It can happen on an island. It could happen anywhere. It doesn't happen too often in the United States. But when you move away from the United States, like you said before, it's a trade-off. You have to leave some of your needs and desires behind and accept the sweetness of what lays ahead. But it, it's not all sweet. And after you're there for a while, you have to do a balancing act. What's more important? Having, you know, what you have on the island, the weather, beautiful weather, uh, good friends, uh, the beaches, clean air, fresh fish, fresh vegetables. But you know what? We don't have sushi there to speak of. We don't have Chinese food. I can't go to the basketball game. I can't go to the football game or the baseball game. We don't have any big movie theaters. So it's all a balancing act, and you yeah. have to decide yeah. what's more important to you. This is great, Bruce. Thanks so much. We're going to be right back with Bruce Starr. He's talking to us about leaving the States and going to live on a romantic little island called Roatan, Honduras. And we're going to find out a little bit more about his book. And when we come back, I also want to ask you about what happened to the dolphins, because that's kind of romantic as well. And then, uh, and then what you learned as the love coach. I also want to let people know that in the second half of the show today, I'm going to be back with a former guest, Shanna Katz. She's a sex educator, and we'll be talking about sex toys and how they do or do not fit in with Tantra. So stay tuned. We're coming right back. Lots more on the show. Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug, Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the 10th law, 
make love in the unknown. And then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown. Fresh. Every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. Well, we're back with Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And today my guests are Bruce Starr, who is a person who lives in Roatan, Honduras, and was romantic enough to run off and live on a paradise island. And my second guest today will be Shanna Katz, who will be talking with me about sex toys. And I want to let everyone know that if you're looking for the absolute perfect holiday gift, look at www.tanga. FineLingerie.com. When you order, say you heard about it here at Tantra Cafe. Tanga Fine Lingerie is the must this holiday season. Well, I'm back with Bruce Starr now. Bruce, I want to know what happened to the uh, to the dolphins. <laughs> are you still working with them? No, uh, but it's what brought us to the island. It was the allure. Uh, they brought us to the island. My wife, my girlfriend at the time, loved dolphins, and she really wanted to do an extraordinary dolphin project. And when, when she got here, uh, it just didn't quite work out. But it was enough to keep her here, knowing that the dolphins were there. And she ended up uh, volunteering where the dolphins are on the island. She, once she'd go once a week and feed them and work with them a little bit, uh, until it got too exhausting. But the dolphins were responsible for bringing us to the island. And uh, one of the amazing things, this is very romantic, one of the amazing <laughs> things that happened that happened to us was that we began to care for a, a, a tiny little baby girl who was dying in the island. And we cared for her and held her and hugged her and kissed her, uh, took her right out of the hospital. They called us and said, can you uh, care for this little girl? And uh, six years later, she's our adopted, beautiful little baby, Kenya, who are, who's absolutely changed our lives and has made me much more of a romantic, that's for sure, being the proud daddy of a beautiful little kid like Kenya. That's so great, Bruce. Thanks for doing that. It's so great. We need more people like you, whether they go to an island or not, you know, who would be willing to take that on in their lives. It's uh, It's wonderful. Thanks for doing it. So now, um, my question for you, I know you have some very, you have some very specific, uh, feelings about what's happening with women and men these days. Um, you know, and I, I, you expressed them to me a little bit when we saw each other in South Florida, and I know some of them you came to when you were the love coach. You know, and I, I don't want to lose that. I don't want my listeners to lose any of that. Do you have any specific recommendations or, some thoughts or feelings about what's happening these days besides the economy, besides the fact that not everybody is running to a romantic island. You know, there's a big Tantra audience listening. Is there anything you 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 feel that you want to open up for people to look at? Because you've had a lot of time to think about that. Well, you know, it's a very, very tough thing what I'm going to say next. Uh, because being a student of, the, say, The Course in Miracles and having worked with Marianne Williamson and 
having worked with so many people like John Bradshaw, and the list goes on, and Danny and Brinkley, and the list goes on and on of some of the people that I've worked with personally. One of the things that always came out of their work is love comes first. Love is all there is. Love, kindness for yourself, for other people. Unfortunately, that's not the center or the state of romantic relationships now. In my, in my, uh, uh, the work that I've done in, in, in the 90s, uh, I uh, opened up a room in America Online called Relationship Coaching. And over the five or six years that I did that, I interviewed over 6,000 people. And I got some clear-cut information from all those people. And one of the worst things that came out of it was people are not loving anymore. They're afraid to love. They're afraid to get hurt. And they've put other things before love when they make their considerations for who they want to be in a hopefully romantic relationship with. And for example, like what, what, what would you use? Is this like the... the Women look for money and men look for body or something like that. Is that is this that? Well, you know what, uh, Dr. Pat Allen in Los Angeles, you know, put it really, you know, the way it is where uh, men look for status, uh, beauty, uh, the body, and women look for uh, rom- for uh, financial uh, security. Now you're going to get. A, I'm going to raise a lot of hairs when I say that because. Women uh, in the last 10 or 20 years have become so much more masculine in that way, and they're going to respond by saying, I can take care of myself. Well, you know, they're going to get a little bit angry about this message. But uh, the work that Pat Allen did in Los Angeles, she works with the toughest, most uh, masculine of the females in Los Angeles who are uh, studio heads and agents who have everything but love in their life. And she tries to explain to them that you need to go back to the original ways of a feminine woman and the men need to go back to the ways of being a masculine man. Now, that's part A. Part B is that unless we put love and romance first, we're aiming elsewhere. So what are we aiming for? The guy looks for a pretty girl with the right breasts, the right... Tush, and and the woman will only consider a guy with a certain financial status or else she won't even bother dating him. I've spoken at hundreds and hundreds of seminars where a woman will simply not date a guy unless he has so much money in the bank, drives a certain car, and lives in a certain house. Of course, it's not everybody, but these choices are bringing us further and further away from love. I think uh, what you're talking about is a trend. There has been a trend. I noticed it, too. I mean, and in my book, Sex and Happiness, I do talk about how uh, people need to take responsibility for learning to please themselves and to come back into their bodies and follow their inner guidance and stop looking for these outside forces, just kind of like what you did. I mean, running to, off to paradise, you you looked inside yourself and you created a whole new life and a whole new opportunity, not based on it, like real logic, you know, based on some other inner compass. 
And, um, and that's what, and that's, I feel people do need to come back to their inner compass. So it is a trend what you're talking about. And it's probably got, it's, it's hugely blown out of proportion. And it's, it, and, and you're right. know, you know, Lauren, if, if, if millions and millions and millions of people feel this way and you know it's true, that's why the world is in the state that it's in. Instead of having millions and millions of people in love and in kindness with each other, we have millions and millions of everyday people in anger and in fear within their relationships. And that energy goes out into the world and makes the world a more angry place. And that's where the world is right now, in the state that we're in right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bruce. I think it's, a, it's an important point. Listen, I, one of the things I've said about the whole 9-11 thing, I can be quoted to say this as well, is that if... Uh, when you look at how women and men are treated in certain parts of the world, and if, 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 if men were really loved in a certain way and satisfied in a certain way and felt adored, they wouldn't be using their creativity to fly a plane into a building. They wouldn't be off to war. They wouldn't that's, be starting wars if they feeling love inside. You know, here's an amazing thing. If you look at uh, boxers and these mixed martial arts guys, you know, what, to make them to become uh, champions, they've, had, they've worked and they're in the ring and they have anger and they have bitterness and they have hatred. That's what drives them on. And I've seen athlete after athlete, comedian after comedian, what got them to the, to the top is their anger and their bitterness and their loneliness. Then all of a sudden they meet someone and they fall in love. And I've seen boxing careers just fall apart at the seams. I've seen comedians who had such a sharp edge and had such anger up on, the, up on stage. They meet someone, they lose that anger, they lose that edge, and they have to decide for themselves what's more important, to be famous in front of a bunch of strangers or to have a deep love and res mutual love and deep respect for another person in your life. Bruce, you really are a romantic. I just, in case you hadn't noticed, I'm holding up the mirror. <laughs> you really are a romantic man. You know, it's uh, it's it's coming out in the example that even that you're using because there are people and there are athletes and whatever who wouldn't, you know, who would pretend to be in the love, but they're not really in the love, and that that gets them in so much trouble. Um, mm -hmm. All that all that testosterone and all those aggressive. Uh, feelings that may or may not have gotten worked out. So it's great. Well, tell, uh, let's go to the book again. First of all, I want people to know how they can get in touch with you. I, they can go to roatanbruce.com. R-O-A-T-A-N Bruce.com. Roatanbruce.com. Those of you who have never heard what Roatan is, we've been talking about Bruce's move to Roatan, Honduras and how he went to live in a completely different culture and uh, based on romance, based on some uh, romantic notions, and is really flourishing there. Now, the book will help other people. Other, if we have other blind romantics listening, we know that you could help them, whether it's did they want to move to Roatan or whether they want to move to St. John or St. Croix or whatever. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Your book will help Absolutely. And, you know, I want to do your listeners, I want to do them a, a little gift here. The book is normally nine ninety five, 
if people go to my website, RotanBruce.com, and purchase it right now for your listeners only, they can go, when they go to the website, it will be just $4.95 for them to purchase the book. And if they want to contact me, RoatanBruce at Yahoo.com, RoatanBruce at Yahoo.com. I also want to be there for people to coach them on their relocations. If they really want to move and they really want to take advantage of all that the tropics have to offer, I'd be glad to help them and coach them. That is so great. Bruce, it's great to know that you're out there. Um, now, is this an e-book or is this a, is this a bound book? Is this a paperback? Yes. It's an ebook, and the moment that they uh, pay for it with uh, PayPal or with a credit card, uh, moments later they get the download in their, on their computer. So it's instantaneous. That's great. It's really, really great. I'm so glad that you could join me. I, I, um, well, we're going to plan Tantra in your paradise. So, Very so cool. people who are listening, you should be listening for you know in the next amount of time. Bruce and Laurie, the love coach and the sex and happiness people who are teaching you how to move to paradise, you'll have an opportunity to come down to Roatan and see for yourself what tantric delights Bruce and Laurie can cook up. And, of course, Lauren, Bruce's wife, will be there as well, and she's going to be part of this this package as well. She runs a spa. She's a wonderful... The wonderful massage therapist, and she has an excellent spa down here, and it's going to be a great experience. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we're going to uh, break here. Bruce, thank you so much for being my guest today. Please stay tuned, everybody else, because I'm going to be coming back with Shanna Katz, who's a sex educator. She was a guest on this show before. We talked about sex with people who are differently abled. And today we're going to be talking about sex toys and if they do or don't fit in with Tantra. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted something really different from a plain old Swedish massage? If you want an extraordinary private bodywork session, call Krishna Naidu. Krishna definitely has the touch. He offers yoga fusion therapy, embodiment therapy, individual Tantra sessions, and even private yoga classes. I hope this intrigues you. His work is subtle yet tremendously effective, and I know his clients keep coming back for more because I'm one of them. For more information about the sessions and to find a session near you, call Krishna Naidu at 857-891-8090. That's 857-891-8090. Call Krishna Naidu today. Sessions are regularly available in New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., Phoenix, and Scottsdale. I, Laurie Handlers, the host of this show, personally invite you to come with me on a tantric tour of the heart of India on November 21st to December 3rd, 2010. You'll see the Taj Mahal, of course, and visit the fabulous Fadipur Sikri, home of the great Mughal King Akbar. You'll experience the Sacred Lake in Pushkar, and then you'll tour the pink city of Jaipur. Then, at dawn, from a boat on the Ganges in Varanasi, you'll see exquisite Hindu prayer rituals. Then you'll tour Sarnath, where the Buddha gave his first speech after attaining enlightenment. And finally, you'll get to explore the exotic Kama Sutra temples in Kajiraho. All throughout the tour, you'll learn tantric techniques and principles, and I promise you'll feel a tremendous sense of well-being 
as we delve into these simple yet potent tantric tools. Please note, no previous experience of Tantra or yoga is necessary to come on this tour with me. I invite you to join me in this unique experience touring the incredible, incredible country of India. I must warn you, this is not your typical tour, and you are not the typical tourist. For more information about this exciting tantric tour of the heart of India, contact Lori at ButterflyWorkshops.com or write to her at info at butterflyworkshops.com. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. And I'm Laurie Handler as your host, and I absolutely love doing this show. Remember, you can follow me, Laurie Handler, on Facebook or Twitter anytime. And also, I want to remind you about my recommended list, where you can find out about Deborah Annapol's Polyamory in the 21st Century, you can find out about Tantra for Awakening with Crystal Dawn Morris or Tantrika Maya or Krishna Naidu. You can even learn about Flirting with Heart from Robin Vogel. And you can find out much more about little-known sex factoids from the Hormone Nurse, www.hormonenurse.com, all found at webtalkradio.net, Laurie's recommended list. Well, we're back, and I am talking today with Shanna Katz. Shanna is a sex educator. She's a presenter. She is amazing. She, how she's described is a sassy, dynamic, fun-loving crowd pleaser. She knows a lot about sex, sexuality, and about differences. Differences. She has a position at a at a chain of adult stores called Fascinations, which I happened to find out about her at in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and Scottsdale, Arizona, and probably other places. And I'm just so pleased to have you back, Shanna. I'm pleased to have I you I am on the happy show. to be back. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So today you and I are going to talk. I mean, the last time I had you on the show, I couldn't decide, you know, which <laughs> we should talk about. And I really felt that that pull to talk about uh, disabilities and people who are differently abled and how they need to redefine and think about sex. It's but very today, important. pardon? Oh, it's a very important topic, and I, I think that that was a great way to start out. It was. It was fabulous. It was. And you had so much great stuff to say to reform people's way of thinking. So today, I want to talk about sex toys because I know you're also an expert at this. And um, I don't know. I you know I don't even know where to go with it. I guess the biggest question, because this is Tantra Cafe, is does do sex toys fit in with Tantra, which is more of like a spiritual sexual connection? How does how could toys fit their way into that, if possible? Because I think people should have every kind of experience. But well, and I think that that that's the that's the key is that. Tantra is about seeking spiritual enlightenment through pleasure, right? And however, go ahead. My definition is I say it's transformation through pleasure. Yeah. Transformation through pleasure. So whether it's connecting spiritually, transforming spiritually, whatever it is, it's based on pleasure. And I don't think in any anyone's teachings of Tantra that there is the only, you know, one specific way that you can receive pleasure. Or give pleasure. And I think that, you know, for some people, they try sex toys, it is what it is. Maybe they didn't get the right one, or maybe it's just not their thing. 
And that's great. But for literally millions of people who add sex toys into their life, they find a whole different kind of pleasure that they haven't been experiencing before. And so I think when we seek pleasure to transform or to become more spiritual, to find connection, does it really matter how that pleasure is created as long as everyone is consenting and enjoying themselves? Well, I think from the tantric perspective, I just want to say the people, the um, the focus would be something like on eye gazing. So a lot of times, I just want to say this because it, it does add some clarity. Sometimes when people are having sex in in their first learned way of having sex or whatever, or even in how it's portrayed in the in movies and films, people have their eyes closed. And so they're basically having a sexual experience with themselves, even though there might be another person or persons there. And in Tantra, one of the biggest things is being able to really make that connection and hold that connection with your partner. So I don't see if, if I was holding my connection with my partner, I don't see what that it would be detrimental to introduce a toy. Certainly not. And I mean, I, I think finding the right toy for you, you know, we, one of my favorite toys is called the Hitachi and I call it a weapons grade toy because it plugs into the wall. <laughs> that might not be the best first toy to try to bring into your tantric relationship because it might, it's noisy. It causes more of a distraction, but I mean, even things as little as a cockering, Right. It emphasizes sensation for both partners or all partners. If you're in a multiple partner relationship, it doesn't impede in connection at all. You know, and and it's just one little thing that can change and put a different dimension on sex. If you are wanting to try to connect with your partner in a different way, perhaps you're in a heterosexual relationship and you're a woman who would like to strap it on and anally penetrate your male partner. That's a whole different level of pleasure that you couldn't experience in the same way without sex toys. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the cock ring for a minute because I happen to think that in Tantra, well, I know in Tantra, one of the things is about lasting for a long time, like mm-hmm. learning to pull the energy up and to and for men to practice ejaculation choice. Right. And right. so I think that if they were to wear something, a ring, this would enable them to maintain an erection longer. Now, I can, I can, I'm a woman, so I can, I only, even what, things that I know, I can't speak about them exactly like I know them because I'm not in a male body. So even if I've experienced this and seen this, I can't say, oh, yes, I know this for sure. This is something that I think someone would have to try. And I think it would probably help for positions like Yab Yum which is so popular in Tantra where two people sit facing each other, gazing into each other's eyes, and there's very little movement. Would you agree? I think it would work well in that case. And and even by yourself, if something that's important to you as you follow Tantra practices is elongating the amount of time that you have an erection, the amount of time that you can be sexually active with your penis, you can practice with a cock ring. You know, people always think about it, it's only for partners, but it's a great way to work on extended orgasm on your own as well. Okay, got it. All right, so that's good. I wanted to just clarify that. So now we're talking about strap-on. We went from one thing which (laughs) seems relatively tame to something else that seems relatively like, wow. (laughs) You You know, you say that, but 
the um, the act of pegging, which is the name given to um, women wearing strap-ons penetrating their male partners, is actually, I would say, the most popular question in the majority of our stores and that I get online um, for advice questions is, how can I strap it on and penetrate my husband? How can I convince my wife to strap it on and penetrate me? It's kind of the, you know, it's the anal sex of 2010 instead of men going in women. Now the women are going in men, and it is actually quite popular. So would you say, for example, I know that you, you know, you have a, a position at Fascination. You represent them as an educator. Would you say that that's one of the most popular things that people buy? Certainly. I mean, I think, you know, obviously the number one thing as far as toys go that we sell is vibrators. Women coming in for their first time or their 30th vibrator, you know. Um, or men coming in to buy a vibrator for their partner, those kind of things, bachelorette parties, buying partners um, and friends vibrators for gifts. But after that, I mean, it's really hard to, to judge, but I would say pegging and women strapping it on for male partners, not just for female partners, has skyrocketed in the past 12 to 24 months. Wow. Um, and I've been in the industry the better half of a decade, and I, you know, when I worked at other companies, I'd get people that would, you know, ask quietly. And now we have people walking into the stores and being like, I want this. We have strap on 101 classes, which generally I would assume the audience would be part of the LGBTQ community. But we're getting lots and lots of members of the straight community as well, wanting to learn how to strap it on and, and share in that experience as well. Now we have to define one thing I want you to do is please spell pegging. Pegging, P-E-G-G-I-N-G. Pegging, okay, great. And then you use that alphabet soup again, L-B-G. I do. Um, it stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer or questioning. Sometimes it also includes androgynous allies and the intersex communities as well. Um, sometimes I just say the umbrella, the queer community, because it tends to cover all of that. Okay, okay. So you're saying that, while you, we, we could have anticipated people wanting to do strap-on play earlier in, earlier than, you know, a year or two years ago would be part of the queer community or the alternative, alternative community. Now, perfectly straight people, vanilla, what we would call vanilla sexual right. preferences come in and they want to have an experience with a strap-on. I mean, bend over boyfriend was done by Carol. I lost you. Are you there still? Yeah, let's just take a break for a moment. Oh. And you were saying about Bend Over Boyfriends. Uh, yeah, Bend Over Boyfriend was a DVD, an instructional DVD that came out um, almost 20 years ago at this point, at least 10, somewhere in the 10 to 20 range. That was done by Carol Queen, and at the time, it was considered this very taboo thing. It was kinky to want to strap it on and give it to your male partner, and that is completely reversed, like you were just saying. You know, it's not just for the queer community anymore. It's for, you know, Jane and Joe down the street who want to spice up their sex life, or he wants to feel a different sensation, or she wants to feel more powerful by getting to wear a penis, or they're just bored and wanting to try something new. For all those reasons, people are coming in and, and getting fitted for harness and strapping it on and giving it a try. Okay. I'm amazed. Anyway, I'm just, I'm amazed, but I always am. And no matter how far I get into sexuality and how far I get into 
my work with Tantra and everyone and everything, I'm still always amazed at people and, and, um, and how the trends go once again. Now, um, when people come in for vibrators, it seems to me there must be about 5,000 different kinds of vibrators. And I know you mentioned Hitachi, which Hitachi is my favorite brand. It's like the grand dame of, <laughs> of vibrators. I used to do a bit with an old boyfriend of mine. We used to make it be like Godzilla. Hitachi will conquer the world you know, <laughs> instead of Godzilla. I tell people I have three, one for home, one for travel, and one in case one breaks. Right, right, right. So what else, what, how do people come in and how do they decide? Well, usually when someone comes into a store, um, the vibrators are usually kind of organized or categorized by different types. There's clitoral stimulators, there's internal stimulators, and then there's dual stimulators, which are uh, people who, when they think of the rabbit from Sex and the City, that's a dual stimulation toy. It's both internal and clitoral. Um, but it's hard. It really is, especially because there's so many, not only brands, but different materials that are available. And this is something that's very important for me to talk about is that not all vibrator materials are body friendly. Um, most people don't realize that vibrators are not, and any sex toys are not regulated by the FDA. So a lot of toys contain something in them called phthalates with a P. Um, it's the same thing you get when you get a shower curtain, you know, you open a new plastic shower curtain, your bathroom smells awful for a couple of days and then it's fine. Some toys smell like that too, but the issue is that they're not leaching into the air, they're leaching into your body. Um, and there haven't been a lot of tests done, but the few that have been done have shown it, um, that phthalates can cause vaginal and anal irritation in people, allergic reactions, and one study did suggest that cervical cancer is a possible result. And so stores like Fascinations, like other sex-positive stores, have been working on removing all toys that contain phthalates. But if you're ordering something online or just walking into your neighborhood sex toy store, please make sure you ask for a body-safe toy. Um, really important. Very, it's, it's, you know, most people don't know about it. It's becoming better as people learn online. They talk to their friends. I get to, you know, chat your ear off about it. But for those people that have never been to a sex toy store before, it doesn't occur to them that some of the things they're buying might not be body safe. Um, so materials like silicone are great. They're medical grade. Glass is great. They make some beautiful wooden toys, beautiful metal toys. All of those are 100% body safe. And then other materials like elastomer, TPR, silicone, those are also fine. Just stay away from jelly, silagel, jelly with a G, anything that has that kind of tone to it because um, it's got those byproducts of petroleum in it. Interesting. Really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I want to talk to you about how I see this. As a, as a tantric connection, because I really do see using vibrators and using some of these toys in a tantric connection, how one can use them that way. And I'd like to do that when we come back. Great. So, yeah, so we'll come back to that. I'm speaking with Shanna Katz, who is a sex educator. She's an amazing presenter. She has her master's in human sexuality education, and she is... She can just talk on about all these subjects. So we're connecting how we might use toys to how it might be used in Tantra. After all, this is Tantra Cafe. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is a new segment on Tantra Cafe. It's called Little Known Sex Factoids. 
brought to you by the hormone nurse, Lori Phillips, at www.hormonenurse.com. Lori, today I want to ask you about the effects of masturbation in women. What can you tell me about that? Well, Lori, masturbation in women, especially women that have been in menopause or over menopause, past menopause, post menopause, can really benefit from masturbation. Because as one of the most common problems of older women experience physical changes in the vagina, as a woman ages, her vagina becomes shorter and more narrow. In addition, without regular supplies of estrogen, the walls of the vagina can become thin and stiff. But good news. Practicing masturbation techniques can help remedy some of these problems. This is, so, this, is, this is such good news. This is great <laughs> news because I tell people to do this every day. I think they need an orgasm. So if well, you are now, telling now, women to masturbate for health reasons, this is so good. What, now, what else? Now, now they're hearing from the nurse. Practicing <laughs> masturbation techniques can help remedy some of these problems by stimulating the brain to produce physical changes in the vagina. Masturbation includes stimulation of the clitoris, the urethra, and the vagina. It activates various neural pathways responsible for clitoral swelling, vaginal congestion, lengthening of the vagina, and lubrication. So That's great, Laurie. What? Girls, the nurse, the nurse has given you instructions. <laughs> All right, Laurie, thank you so much. I love this. This is great news. You have just heard Little Known Sex Factoids brought to you by the hormone nurse, Laurie Phillips, at www.hormonenurse.com. You can find her there, get to know her there, introduce yourself, and find out more. Would you like to try a natural product that would enhance your orgasms? My guest today is Shana Venice, the founder of New Zealand Pure, a company that makes unique products for sexual wellness. Shana, what is it that people can use to enhance their orgasms? Everybody's trying to do that. Absolutely. Well, there are different factors that, uh, you know, come into play why we don't have explosive orgasms. One is, you know, our vaginal secretions aren't flowing like they used to. Perhaps you're a little dry, perhaps you're a little irritated. Well, the great thing about silk, which is made from kiwi vine extract, is that it helps to balance your own pH and increase your vaginal secretions. The result is explosive, satisfying, wonderful orgasms and joyful sex. Wow, Shana, thanks so much for that description. Wonderful. If you'd like to find out more about Silk, go to SilkUSA.com. That's S-Y-L-K-U-S-A.com. You can find out more about Silk from me as well. Write to Laurie at TantraCafe.com. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now, you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Latihan, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. 
First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try this CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at ButterflyWorkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and get your copy now and walk free from emotional baggage. Well, we're back with Tantra Cafe, and I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And please visit schooloftemplearts.com to find out more about sex educators connecting globally, sex educators who are getting together to end the guilt and shame about sex once and for all, all over the world. Visit www.schooloftemplearts.com to find out more, especially if you are a sex educator or if you plan to be a sex educator. Check it out. I'm back with Shanna Katz, and we were talking about vibrators and different sex toys and different kind of ones. Shanna was talking about ones that go internal and things to avoid for the safety of your body when we when we left off. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about how I see the Tantra connection happening with with toys, especially vibrators, uh, but other toys as well. Uh, the fallacy about Tantra, in my opinion, is that we need a, a partner. Like a lot of people write me and say, well, I want to come to your class, but I can't come and take your bliss Tantra class because I don't have a partner yet. And my feeling is that Tantra is a practice that prepares me for the greatest bliss and ecstasy in my life. Whether, in fact, I have a partner or not. In a lot of my tantric life, I haven't had a partner. And occasionally, I do have a partner, which is a gift. So I want to let people know that it's possible to prepare the temple. And preparing the temple means I want to have stimulation and an orgasm every day of my life. I want to be turned on, juicy, sexy every single day of my life. And the way I prepare myself for receiving... For when I do have my tantric partner, a tantric lover, is to use vibrators and other things that stimulate me, make me feel great, make me feel sexy, so that I can I can keep preparing my temple for receiving more and more pleasure. So I just wanted to mention that because I think it's really important that people take their sexuality and their tantric breathing practices into their own hands. And I don't think people need to wait around until there is someone else who happens to come by and, you know, be available. I completely agree with that. And actually, on that same note, there's some there's a line of products that often get categorized as sex toys called any Kegel exercisers. There's long ones, there's Kegel barbells, there's Kegel balls that are meant to be used. And what they're done, what you do with them is you use them on your PC muscles, which are basically your um, pelvic floor muscles inside your vagina, and, you know, they, they're sold at sex toy stores, they're sold online at sex toy websites, but you don't need to have a partner to get strong Kegel muscles. And what stronger Kegel muscles do is it increases your orgasms, it makes them stronger and longer and more likely for you to have more intense or multiple orgasms. And that's a great way to really, again, take care of yourself, get the temple ready for when you do have a partner with whom you can practice Tantra. Yeah, it's so good. I don't think we could stress that enough. And then the other piece I wanted to say was 
in 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 previous times when I when I have had a partner that I was with for quite some time, uh, in tantra, not only do women learn to receive more, but men learn to receive more because I think we're in a society where people are very comfortable with doing. I think we're in a society. I, th- I think Bruce talked about it before. He said that women are becoming more and more masculine and taking higher positions of authority, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's they can't. It's difficult for them to get into their feminine polarity or the feminine groove when that happens. And I, I, I need to express my concern with, with saying that that's the problem because I, I'll be very open. My partner is very masculine, identifies as gender queers, and both of us are very much go-getters in the world. Right. Um, and I don't think that ever stops me from connecting with myself sexually. And I don't think it stops most people because if you are more masculine, then you can find – as long as you're willing to connect with that side of yourself sexually – then it's still that connection you're making. And so I think we need to be careful when we say things like the women becoming more masculine, men becoming more feminine is a problem because I think sometimes they're really just coming into themselves more. Yeah, I actually kind of, I'm not surprised that you're saying that. I actually kind of thought you'd have something to say about that. So thanks for, thanks for expressing that. Really. I think uh, it pointed out in David data and I'm not quoting David Data as the end-all, be-all expert on this stuff, but I will say that he he talks about the ability for people to play in the polarity. Right, right. So if you can play in one of your polarities at any given time, whether it's the masculine or the feminine, that's where the the turn a lot of the turn-on happens when people play in the polarities, and it doesn't mean it could be same-sex. It could be a man who's more, you know, in his feminine aspect, and a woman who's more in her masculine aspect, but if they can play the polarities, like to the nth degree, there's more turn-on somehow in there when you stretch it apart. I did want to talk about, though, men receiving, because I I know that um, in my own life and even in, you know, in talking with friends about men receiving, I know that when men, often when they're receiving whether it's oral sex or they're receiving manual pleasure, they, they, a lot of times they feel like they have to be doing something. You know, they have to be touching the partner. They have to be returning something. They have to be doing something as well. And for me, in teaching a partner to be in Tantra with me, it was important to have that partner just receive, like to receive as big as reception could go. And so again, I want to say that there's another, there's another example of how one can use toys or vibrator. I myself have used the, the, the crystal wand. Yeah, um, well, and I think even, you know, I know you've talked to Lee Harrington about kink as a whole, but I often suggest light bondage. I'm not talking about whips and chains or, you know, hooks in your wall, but just, even if you just use a tie or stockings to tie someone up, it's a way for them to feel comfortable just receiving because they can't do anything else. They can't reach down to touch you and say, here, let me do this. Here, let me do that. Whoever's receiving gets to just really relax because their partner has given them permission to do so by removing their ability to touch them. That's a really great point. I don't think I can't remember if Lee expressed it like that or not. <laughs> Probably not. Lee Lee has a different. Um, he has an amazing outlook on kink and much better than I ever will have. But I do a lot of BDSM light play with people. You know, 
for people that are fairly vanilla or have always been vanilla and want to try something, you know, that's a really easy way. It's not very intense for them to talk about. And it's a great way because everybody has trouble being selfish and selfish can be a good thing. It can be a good thing to just let go and enjoy everything you're getting. But it's hard because we're told that's wrong. So if you're tied up, you can't do anything about it. You have to just sit back and enjoy it. That's great. It's a turn on, too. <laughs> it's a turn. I'm like sitting here smiling and go, oh, that's so great the way you put that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So for me, I would have to say that in my practice of Tantra and in my teaching of Tantra, I'm really one of the underlying themes is I'm trying to get people to receive more. I'm trying to get people to expand their container to receive, receive, receive as much as possible. And I say often, and maybe not often enough on the show, but often that if we were meant to not have sensations, like if we weren't supposed to have these great feelings and all of this wide variety of feeling, we would not have been born with skin being our largest organ. Mm. You know, we would have been born in a capsule, you know, or something else. We would have had a lobster shell. It's, uh, I really, I really do think that it's really important for people to expand the container and receive. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way of looking at things. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, I really appreciate getting to come back on again. And you can always find more information out about me at Shanna Katz, S-H-A-N-N-A-K-A-T-Z dot com, or about fascinations and the free advice and workshops and all of that um, at funlove.com. So thank you again for having me. I always love coming on your show and, and getting a whole different look at things as I am a newbie into the world of Tantra, and I, I really appreciate you having me. I am so happy to have you, and I I'll be in touch with you. I'll let you know when I'm back in Phoenix, and maybe you'll come to something. All right. Well, sounds great. Donna, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. This is Lori Handlers, and you have been listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. I was thrilled to have you all today, and I want to say namaste from Tantra Cafe. Tune in next time when my guest will be another amazing sex educator, Tantra expert. Thank you. Namaste.